Welcome everyone to Couch Potato Diary, and this the day of celebration for the Denver Nuggets, as they are your NBA champions. That is the focus of the show today. Uh, my name is Peter Klein. You can find me on social media, Twitter, Instagram. I'm at Primetime Klein, twitch.tv slash primetimepk, and you can email the show, couchpotatodiary at yahoo.com. Uh, as I said, coming up on the show today, it is all about the Denver Nuggets, who clinched their first championship in franchise history with a victory over the Miami Heat in Game 5 of the NBA Finals. Not going to be a long one today, just kind of a, a broader what does it all mean. Um, there's a chance you're going to hear a humming noise in the background. It is 29 degrees in Calgary right now. I'm not doing this show without a fan. So you'll have to deal with that, um, and hopefully you deal with it better than the Miami Heat dealt with the Denver Nuggets. Uh, but anyway, uh, let's break down Game 5 of the NBA Finals and what it all means. Hi, I'm Kim Carson. And I'm Peter Klein, and this is We Had No Idea. A podcast about world events that you know about. But might have fallen asleep for during history class. Or social studies, however you learned history in high school. Each week we'll do a deep dive into important topics throughout history. So whether you already know everything or feel like you need to top up on some history, we'll be here for you. Listen to us each week wherever you get your podcasts. Woo! All right, so let's start with your 2022-2023 NBA champion, Denver Nuggets. Uh, this is the one of those cases where the right team won. Like, there are some times where you'll go through an entire season and, oh, well, I, I guess they were the best team in the league. Huh, glad we figured that out. Uh, and sometimes they... it's. Sometimes it's just you won the tournament. But um, in this case, the, the Denver Nuggets are worthy of the, the title of champions for 2023. Um, first, let's look at, at Game 5 specifically. One thing I really liked about them is they battled through some, some shooting struggles early. I think they were one for their first 14. or Well, I know they were one for their first 14, but I don't know how long the one extended for. But uh, it, was, it was rough shooting. And it was kind of like in Game 2 where it was like, hey... Miami's uh, Miami zone has really, really gotten to Denver. They shut down Jokic. Like, did they, or did a bunch of dudes just happen to miss the shots? Like, that's uh, people don't want. Like, people kind of scoff at the it's a make or miss league, but sometimes it's a make or miss league. And Denver was missing a whole bunch in the first half. But I like the the ESPN panel, and you won't hear me say that a lot. Uh, but they were talking about. Um, how this game was going at halftime and they all basically said like no Miami should be up by way more with how badly Denver is shooting the ball and they were right like that that eight point halftime deficit was gone within like five minutes um once Denver finally started to to shoot well and one of the things they did that Boston didn't really do when all of their three-point struggles were happening against the Heat in the Eastern Conference Final is Denver adapted and it's not like they just completely cut out the threes because there are a few very inadvisable threes when you're struggling as much as you are. A couple of pull-up ones in transition where it's like, man, if you could just just go in and get that layup, dude. That that's all we're looking for you from or looking from for you right now. But for for Denver, there was a little bit more attacking. The three was, weren't falling, so in the second half, um, Porter Jr. was cutting really well without the basketball. You, you saw a little bit more attacking from guys like Gordon, a little more attacking from guys like Jamal Murray, and one of the adjustments that was made was a, a few more post-touches for uh, Nikola Jokic, and a, a few times it was like him getting the ball at the, the regular spot, like kind of free throw line extended or wherever, and just bullying his way down into the post, which I suppose counts as a post touch because that's where it ended up. Um, and even if it was a double team, he would just power through it. Like there just there was no stopping them, but there was no settling in the offensive game 
of the Denver Nuggets. And that was something that I think helped them in this one to, to kind of get around the shooting woes, and then the shooting started to, to pick up. So I, I really liked how they were able to adapt to this one. And one of the, I think, big talking points coming into this series and over the last few years has been where does Nikola Jokic stand in the hierarchy of the NBA? He's a two-time MVP. Now he's an NBA Finals MVP. He's the first player ever to lead the playoffs in points, assists, and rebounds which is just remarkable to think about. And I I haven't done a all-time list as of yet. Um, I don't know where it puts him on there, but it puts him in those types of conversations. Now, not greatest of all times, like not move over LeBron, but in terms of like top 20, top 25 guys of all time, Jokic can kind of get into there because of how well he has played and... The, the style with which he plays at and just the dominance that he can have over a basketball game. It's basically him and Steph right now who can kind of take over games. Giannis is unstoppable, but in a different way. Jokic can kind of dictate how the entire game flows. It's really impressive to see. And there are very, very few guys in the sports history who have been able to do it at the level that Jokic has. And now that you have a championship, it, it seems a little weird and it seems a little frustrating. You are... There are guys who can do it without being a champion, but you get to enter into those conversations now with that championship. And for Jokic now, I, I think it's pretty clear he is the best player in the league as we head into 2023-2024, and the De Denver Nuggets should be the championship favorites going into next season. Um, in terms of what it means for some of the other players, I love this for Jamal Murray. The emotions that he showed at the end of the game last night were... It, it should, I mean, it's everything Jokic wasn't, but... I mean, that's just how different people react to different things, but the the whole sticking, thanks for sticking with me, and you can kind of see it all in that moment, the, the frustrations of dealing with all of the, the surgeries and all of the rehabs, and what was basically a, a two-year recovery to get back to what he was. There was even one of the question marks coming into the playoffs is, can you get bubble Jamal Murray? Well, they did. Uh, Murray took an absolute step forward this year into maybe not superstardom, but knocking on that door. He was exceptional. Now, this is the best one-two punch in the NBA. Um, they are... They complement each other really, really well. There's a trust there, and there is obviously a chemistry there. And that kind of goes into the, the, the broader point around the Denver Nuggets. And it's something that I think is going to be talked about. And it's something we're going to get into a little bit later on this week when we do the How They Were Built, which we do for, for every championship winning team here. For Denver, the big thing with this team is the chemistry, right? And that is something that has been lost a little bit in this time. I, I, I was getting a little bit frustrated. Like, oh, see, this team didn't buy any of their stars. Yeah, you know who else didn't? Golden State. Like, I, I know that they bought Kevin Durant, which, you know, certainly helped. But that core of um, Steph, Draymond, and Clay, super expensive now, all drafted by them. Like, that's a, that's a homegrown team that went out and added one star. It just so happened that the, the home, what they grew at home was so preposterous that adding one of the best players in the world to it does make it feel a little bit icky. But let, let, lest we forget that this is a, a, gold, um, a Golden State team that built it the right way and should actually be an example, not a, oh, well, see, these guys didn't buy it. Um, but for Denver, that, that is the, the strong point, and that is something that I think other franchises need to look at in 
in terms of uh, a team building situation where Denver kind of stuck with it, right? Like they stuck with their coach because they saw something was building. It wasn't, oh, the, this this coach can't get us over the hump. It's like, no, that this coach is building up the, the the process to get over that hump now with this superstar that we have in Nikola Jokic. There was no panic. Um, there were smart moves when they needed them and guys stepped up when they needed to. This is not the role that Porter Jr. envisions for himself. And I wonder how long he's going to envision himself in it, but he... Whether the, 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 the finals show it or the stats show it or not, Porter thinks he's a superstar. Um, and Aaron Gordon probably thought he was a superstar instead of coming over and being a 3-4 option on a team. But he bought in. Porter, for now at least, has bought in to, to his role. And everything worked. And that's a chemistry that has been built years over years over years over years to, to get it to this point with the same coach with the the same kind of core in place and then bringing smart people around it Bruce Brown perfect acquisition for this team and you saw it uh, in full display KCP perfect acquisition for this team and you saw it in full display this is how to build a champion 101 um, especially when you don't get the the lottery luck that you need now it makes life it, much like the Milwaukee Bucks um, and look, I, I like to be anti-tanking and like to be the guy like, look, you don't need a number one overall pick to change the course of your franchise. And you could actually go through um, the, the last few and see, like, maybe you don't. Obviously, with the exception of the Lakers, who have two number one overall picks on their team. But you look at the Milwaukee Bucks. They didn't have, um, like, a, a high overall draft pick. The, the ones that play for the Golden State Warriors are in secondary, if not tertiary, roles, if they are even on the team anymore at all. Same thing goes for the, the, the Toronto Raptors. Um, and you can say the same thing about the Phoenix Suns. Now, in all of those cases, there's a giant star beside it, because one thing that definitely helps in Denver's case is having your second-round pick turn in the best player in the world, a thing that helps in Milwaukee's case in having a middle-of-the-first-round pick grow three inches and put on 18,000 pounds of muscle. Uh, in Golden State, it helps that Steph Curry turned into the best possible scenario, and in Toronto, it helps that they traded for Kawhi Leonard. So there's yin and yangs to all of it. You do have to get lucky in all of this, but there is some scouting that goes into it, and finding Nikola Jokic and getting the best out of him is not a fluke on Denver's side. Same thing with Jamal Murray. Drafting him at seven and getting the most out of him is not a fluke. It is quality organizations doing quality organization things. Winning organizations doing winning organization things. That's what Denver did in this. And it really is the perfect way to build a championship team when your market is not the destination. On the Miami side, they just ran out of gas, man. And Jimmy Butler saying his ankle wasn't a factor. I don't believe him, but I I do I do think that this team just kind of lost it. Like Jimmy Butler was definitely the LeBron James of the last um, I guess of the first three rounds, picking his spots where to to impact the game and where to just kind of lay back and let his other guys cook. And to be fair, the guys cooked, but. It felt like in all of these, they needed a little bit more from Jimmy early in basically every game of the series, and I just don't think he had it in him to to get to that point. I think a bit of credit goes to Denver for how they defended him, but I just think Jimmy Butler ran out of gas. Going forward with Miami, there is certainly something built here. Um, obviously, an organizational foundation has been established with Heat culture, with Jimmy Butler and with Kyle Lowry and some of those guys. I do think they need another dude and not just... A um 
uh, an undrafted free agent that happens to come in and go up the ranks. Like people talking about Miami um, as a, a destination for all of these star players. I think Dame Lillard would be really interesting there. Um, if he can buy into heat culture with which a lot of guys have, I think he would be an excellent fit to, to kind of take some of the pressure off. Now, defensively having Lillard and Lowry out there, like it feels like you're a little undersized, but um, th this is, this is a team that I think is a piece away from being a real problem consistently in the East, not just an eight seed that surprises people, but going to be an interesting offseason in Miami. That is going to do it for this quick NFL or NBA, sorry, NBA finals breakdown as the Denver Nuggets are your champions of the basketball world for 2022-2023. Thank you all so much for downloading and for listening. For more from me, um, we had a pretty lengthy podcast uh, in regards to this one on Monday. We also did a Amanda Nunes legacy look coming up tomorrow on the show. We are going to be looking at some stuff in the Canadian Football League, getting ready for week two uh, and a, a few other things of note through that also be getting ready for or reacting i guess to tonight's game from the stanley cup finals between the um vegas golden knights and the florida panthers as vegas looks to, to celebrate a championship win on their home ice so we will see what happens with all of that thursday is when i'm aiming to do the how they were built denver nuggets edition uh, so we're going to be doing a look at that. Also coming up on Wednesday, I have uh, Okotoks Dogs game. You can catch me back on Home Team Live as uh, the Okotoks Dogs are back in action. So look for me there. Uh, also, We Had No Idea, my general history podcast, coming out with a couple of episodes. Uh, we just had a new one come out yesterday. We are doing a re-release today for Pride Week. And hopefully later this week, we have another episode coming out celebrating our two-year anniversary. So a lot more Peter Klein com uh, content to come. Thank you all so much for tuning in. Once again, you can find me on social media, Twitter and Instagram. I'm at PrimetimeKlein, twitch.tv slash PrimetimePK, and you can email the show CouchPotatoDiary at yahoo.com. Thank you all so much for tuning in, and I'll talk to y'all later.